In our final segment on wills, we explore various contractual mechanisms for the construction of halakhically valid and enforceable wills. On page 114 of the booklet, we have an excerpt of the Ramah in Shulchan Aruch, Hoshin Mishpat, Tzimin Reish Pe'alaf, Sif Zayin. Hakosiv lebito shetikach lachar moso kachatiche lekzachar. Someone writes a shtar chatizachar, a matana, a gift, granting his daughter the right to receive chelakatizachar, a share of his estate upon his death, equal to half the amount that her brothers, that his sons, the zcharim, will get. That's the shtar chatizachar. Historically, as we noted, it was done at, at the time of her marriage as a form of dowry. Dinoki Rusha Ba'alma. This is treated as ordinary inheritance, and therefore there are certain rules of precedence that apply. If the father has creditors or he owes money as a ksuva obligation, they have precedence over this gift to his daughter. That daughters receive a, other daughters if he has, they, they receive a tenth of the, of, of the estate. These other obligations will take precedence over the matana to his daughter, the matana of the Shtar Chatzizachar. Furthermore, throughout the life of the giver, he, can, he still has the right to sell his nechassim, to dispose of them. Even though the matana that he made in the Shtar Chatzizachar contained language that it takes effect not just la'achermisa, not just after he dies, but mehayomu la'achermisa. He included language that said mehayom in addition to la'achermisa. Nevertheless, he still retains the right to give away his property during his life. And then the Ramah adds a very important qualification on the simple, straightforward version of the Shtar Chatzizachar, a, a major limitation. The Shtar Chatzizachar, a simple Shtar Chatzizachar, only grants the daughters the right to receive nechassim that were already in his possession, that were already his at the time of the Shtar Chatzizachar, at the time of the gift. It does not apply to assets that he acquired after executing the Shtar Chatzizachar. Why? There's a fundamental halachic rule. A person can't be machna, can't transfer property, sell or give as a gift. Property he does not yet own, property that doesn't exist, it's lo olam, or even if it exists, but he doesn't own it yet. Even if he tries to do so explicitly, he tries explicitly to include such property in his gift or sale, doesn't work. Therefore, the, the simple shtar chatzizachar that's written as a gift cannot apply to any assets that were not yet his at the time of the shtar chatzizachar. Then the Ramah adds, umiyu nirali, the mashinogin achshav lichtov shtarchov lebito lahasno shemitin lebito chelach chatzizachar yifter menachov, the, in the Ramah's time, the Shtar Chatzizachar had language that, in, that, that actually made the, made the gift effective in a somewhat more complicated and roundabout way. Instead of writing it as a simple gift, they would, they would, they would or additionally include language that said that I hereby obligate myself to my daughter a certain chov, a large chov. Normally a chov is created when you borrow money, you have a, an obligation to return it. But the halacha allows you to just arbitrarily create a chov by simply saying that you accept upon yourself a chov, a naked chov, no consideration. A person can do that. He can say, I hereby obligate myself to so-and-so this and this amount. That's what he does to his daughter. He picks, a, he picks an amount, a large amount, and he says, I hereby obligate myself this money to my daughter, the intended beneficiary of the shtar chatzizachar. And then Lahas knows that he makes it tznai, shem yitin lebito if the yarshim shel Torah, her brothers, if they choose to give her the designated amount, the chelak chatzizachar, half the amount that they receive, yifter menachov. Then the chov evaporates, they have no obligation to pay it. So now, he has an obligation, and therefore his estate, when he dies, the estate has an obligation to pay this debt to the daughter. 
If they choose to honor it, that's fine. If they don't want to honor it, they have to fulfill the tnai, which will eliminate the debt. The tnai is to give her Kelakatzizakar. This arrangement works even with respect to assets that were not yet his at the time of the arrangement, because he's not being mocking them directly, which would suffer from Dovash Lobal Olam. He's obligating himself in a chov. If they don't want to pay the chov, they have to honor the tnai. Honoring the tnai means to give her a Kelakatzizakar and all his assets, even those he acquired later. So in this roundabout method of constructing the Shtar Chatzizachar, it will be effective even with regard to assets that he did not yet own at the time of the Shtar Chatzizachar. For Lachain, the Yarshim will have a choice. Tzarech Lachayim to know, they either have to fulfill the tonight, oh, Yishal Mu'achov, or pay the Chov. They may choose to pay the Chov if the Chov was chosen to be too low or if he did very well and now the estate is very large. They may, in that case, it may pay for them to simply pay the Chov and keep the rest of the estate. But if the chov is chosen to be large enough uh, to, in, in relation to the, to the estate, it will not be worth it for them to pay the chov. It will be in their interest to honor the tanai and pay the chatzizachar and eliminate the chov. And therefore, this way, either way, it will be effective to give her at least the chela chatzizachar in all his assets, even those he acquired after giving her the shtar chatzizachar. Ramah goes on. Kosev lebito shtar chatzizachar. A man wrote to his daughter, Ishtar Chatzizachar, Vikasavla, and he included language, Vikasav, love, Vyotzech He says he's granting the Chelechatzizachar to her and to her descendants, meaning if she's dead, her descendants receive the Chelechatzizachar. So what does descendants mean? Benosau, Banah, notes from Beshava. He didn't say Yarshim, her Yarshim, which would mean male descendant, male children, not females, because Banam are Yarshim and not Basim Akum Aben. But he said Vyotzech her descendants. Sons and daughters are both descendants. So Benoseo Bana, note from Beshaver, her daughters and sons receive equally Hov Lokasov Yoshea He didn't specify her Yarshim, which would mean the sons. He said Yotechelatzeh by itself, and therefore they all inherit equally. So Sachoshin, Sivkat and Vav, has a fundamental question on this Marival. This din of the Ramah is from the Marival. And the Ksos asks, a few paragraphs in, the bottom of page 114, he says, I don't understand this Marival. What's he saying? That if the daughter's not alive, then her children should inherit. How can a person make, make a grant to his grandchildren who don't yet exist? The, the daughter's getting married now. She, her, she doesn't have her children yet. Her future children, he wants to, he wants to, be, the, the, he wants to be the beneficiaries of the Shtar Chatzizachar. How can he do that? The same way the Ramah mentioned, you can't transfer assets that are low balaolam. You can't transfer anything, you can't make a Kenyan to someone who's low below, to someone who doesn't yet exist. You can't say, my children who'll be born in the future, I want to be mocking something to them. That doesn't work. He brings a riot from Perikish Nochlin, that the, and he says that the, the, the here he says, well, there's no special tonight based in, he says, Hechi Matzi Makhnul Adavrish Lobalaolam, Kivan Dayin Lesnu Baolam, her descendants don't yet exist, so how can he be Makhna to them? Al Karchak, the only recipient, is the one who's Bala Olam, is the daughter herself. She is Baolam. Ella, Shatola's man, Piron, Kodamoso, Shahachasla, Liotzi The payment, the payment is going to be made an hour before he dies, either to her if she's alive or to, or to her descendants if they exist at that point and she's dead, at, 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 the, at the moment of his death, right before his death. So again, the Yotichalatze are not the direct beneficiaries of the Shtar Chatzizachar. They're not the ones who, 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 are, who are acquiring this Chov. They're inheriting through their mother. She Yoreshes Bekever. If the mother predeceases her father, then she's Yoreshes Bekever, she inherits the, the, the assets of her father, to pass them along to her, to her Yarshim, 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 to
We revert to the, we go back to the basic Dina Yerusha. Banos are not Yerushos and Makam Banim. So then, uh, then it, it does not work. The, the Kinyan itself can't be effective to his, to his, to his daughter's Yotze Chalatzeh, who don't exist yet. The Kinyan is only to her. She passes it along to her Yarshim. Her Yarshim are her sons, not her daughters. And therefore, he doesn't understand how is it possible for such an arrangement to work for Ashtar Chatzit Zachar to, to grandchildren who don't yet exist. How is it possible to, to, to make the... Even if he wants to, he says, Yotze Chalatzeh equally, how is it possible for him to give his granddaughters his, non, his not yet existing granddaughter is a share equal to the, anything when, when, when the, if they don't exist yet. They can only go through their mother, and the mother passes it along to them through Yerusha. Yerusha is only to Banim and not to Banos. So, why is he even writing Yotzeh Chalatzeh then? That the grandchildren are inheriting Midin Yerusha, not Midin Shtar Chatzizachar. He can't write a Shtar Chatzizachar to grandchildren who don't exist. Their right to the property is only from Yerusha. You don't even have to write it into the Shtar. It's automatic that when she dies, if she predeceases him, her rights get passed along by Yerusha to her Yotze Chalatzeh. You don't even have to write it. If you write it, just for the Shtar, it's just superfluous. The Mele Yarsi Imam, the Yoresh automatically. Since it is impossible for him to make any Kenyan to his grand- grandchildren directly because they don't exist, it's how can the daughters possibly inherit? The grandchildren are only getting their mother's share that she's nourished to them through Yerusha, and therefore only Banim and not Banos, and the Xos goes on at length making, taking this position. Back on page 114, the Nesivas, the Urim Disagrees with Ixos. He says, Bixos Lachosh and Tamalzeh. He brings Ixos's Kasha, Ayin Sham Shaharakum Masik Lachlokal Ramah. Says the, he disagrees with Ramah, says in the Sivas, Uba Emes, Divri Ramah Brurin, what Ramah says makes perfect sense, U Moshe Emes. So, Shtar Chatzizachar Shalonu Hushimachayavatsum Basach Elof Zehuvim. Shtar Chatzizachar, as we explained in the Ramah, has two components. It has a Chiyuv, he's Machayav himself a large sum, Elof Zehuvim. And Masne, he makes a Tznai, the second component, the, the condition, if they choose to give to the designated beneficiary, the daughter herself, or to her Yotze the specified amount, then the Chov is erased. Says in the Sivos, as long as the Yarshim, his sons, as long as they choose to Mekayim the Tznai, they give it this way, that, that if she left Yotze Chalatzim, a son and a daughter, and they give the, the Chela Chatzizachar, they split the Chela Chatzizachar between her children, her son and her daughter, that's a key of the tonight. And therefore, they're part of from the Chov. Niftru Me'achov. Devadayim Echad Yischayev Atzmo B'mana. Let's say a person makes a tonight. He's Mechayev Amana. The Yasna, he makes a tonight. Shem Yitain Lamish Lobala Olam. If you choose to give a Matana to someone who's, who's Lobala Olam now, who'll, who'll be born tomorrow, Yifter Demahani. He says, a, a Kenyan, a Chiyuv, a Matana, ha, has to be to someone who's Baba Olam. But a Tanai, a stipulation that if you do X involving someone who's low Baba Olam today, that does, that's not a problem. That's not the Kenyan. That's the Tanai. The Tanai can involve someone who's low Baba Olam. You can't make a Kenyan to someone who's low Baba Olam, but you can make a Tanai involving someone who's low Baba Olam. So the Yotzeh are just the Tanai. The Chiyuv is to her. The Chiyuv is only to her. Only to your daughter who exists. The Tznai involves in them giving the Chatzizachar to her Yotzeh Chalatzeh if the daughter predeceases the father. A Tznai can involve people who are low Bala Olam, so what's the problem? The Chov is to her. The Tznai involves her Yotzeh Chalatzeh, and that is a perfectly valid arrangement. Amnon the Nesiva says, in consequence, it comes out, in Yerusha Yosher Me'achov, if it turns out that the Chelek of the Yerusha is more than the Chov, 
that the, the Chov was, was chosen to be too low. He got a lot of money, and the Yerusha now is a, is a large amount of money. They choose to simply pay the Chov instead of giving her which can be a lot of money. Let's say the Chov is $1,000, and the estate winds up being a million dollars. So it's to their interest to accept the Chov and pay the $1,000 and keep the rest of the money for themselves, which, which is a lot, a lot better for them than to give her uh, a lot more money for them. Mamela, in that case, he says, if they pay the chov, they pay the thousand dollars. That went to the to, to, to the daughter. That's not a kiyamatznai. That's the chov itself. The chov itself, it says, is right. The chov itself goes to the daughter and passes biyurusha to her yarshim, which are her sons and not her daughters. So if they choose to exercise the to not not be mekayim and they pay the chov, then that would go to the daughter and only to her to her sons and not her daughters. But if instead they choose to mekayim the tznai, the tznai was structured to involve lidavr shlobalolam, and that's fine. And that works, and the Siva says. So, according to the Nesivas, the only time you want to say Yotzechalatzeh is in the Tanai portion of the clause, not in the Chov portion. The Chov you can't do to Yotzechalatzeh, like the Tzos says. The only thing you, the only thing you can involve Yotzechalatzeh is in the Tanai portion. In the Nusach of the Nachla Shiva, it actually includes that the Chov itself should be to the Yotzechalatzeh. That's to so for the Tzos is right. You can't do that. You can't be Machayev Ludovish Lobalolam. There's no reason to write It doesn't work on the Chov. The only point in writing it, the only place where it is, does work and is effective, is Rak as we explained. On uh, the next few pages, beginning on pages, page 116, we have an excerpt of the Pischei Choshen who, who wrote down various rules for how to, how to construct a Tzava based on centuries of the Postkim discussing rules for Tzava. We're not going to read all of it. We'll read some of the major points. Beginning with Os Aleph on page 116. As we've been discussing, in order for a, a, a tzava, assuming it's not that, that a, a tzava, a gift can take two forms, a manas bari or a manas chemira. And sometimes, even if it's not effective as a Kenyan, there's a third mechanism, as, we, as he explained. In general, the, 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 the is, a person should be as detailed and as specific as he can regarding all his assets. Be as clear as possible. We want the Yarshim to understand. We want them to understand your wishes as clearly as possible and to do exactly what you want, to be as clear as you can. If you leave details not specified as fully as they should be, it can cause fighting. That's something you definitely want to avoid. What are the rules of Matnas Bari? Every type of asset has to have the suitable Kenyan, look in Hilchas Kenyanim to see how, what, how different types of assets, what kind of Kenyanim they need. Kenyan Sudar, the exchange of a handkerchief or a pen we typically do, that works for virtually all assets with, with uh, certain limited exceptions. If you want to make a simple gift, an outright gift, no la'achar misa, nothing fancy, just a simple gift, matnas bari, all you need is a kidney. Omnami says, You don't really want to give away your property outright as an outright gift today. Particularly, he says, if you're giving away all your property, we saw on the Shlach, a person shouldn't give away his property irrevocably to his, to his, to his children. 
as the Shlach said. We add the more complicated language. It takes effect partly today, but partly It's not simply an outright gift. Good. You have to give over the, the, the physical paper, the star, to the beneficiaries. Or to a third party who's in the star. For them, he explains why. If it's a star Kenyan, if, if the star is a star Kenyan, like for real property, which is nickname of star, certainly then the Kenyan requires Mesiris a star. Even if the star is only a star raya, it's not affecting the Kenyan, he says. Still, the post can imply that the star has to leave your Rishus for it to be a valid star. Otherwise, it won't be valid. Good. In Os Gimel, he says, Kenyan behischaivus. Now we get to the meat of how do we construct uh, Lamaisa, how do we construct our wills? Umikivan, he says, Sha'adim wrote Silotzavas al Chalukas Aizavan. And as we saw in the Ramah, Gammashiyavlo Lacharatzavad Shasmoso, an ordinary matana couldn't be effective, can't be effective because of Enadamakna Darvashlobal Olam. An ordinary matana can't be effective on assets he acquires subsequent to writing the will. No Kenyan works, Mehayom. Varam Shenem Brishuso, Shenem Baolam. He brings that there is a Nusach in, in the Sefer Dine Mamanus, who actually, the way the, an, an interesting structure they, that, that he writes, that the Tzava should say, he, I hereby obligate myself that any assets I acquire, I acquire on behalf of the Arshim, that they should get it upon my death. However, he says, that might not be so effective, because if at the time you acquire the assets you don't have that in mind, then you're not bound by what you earlier wrote. It's a Kenyan Vara, what you wrote, that, that I commit myself to acquiring all my assets on behalf of my future heirs. Maybe, he says, we write in the Tzava that it should work even according to, uh, that even according to a Das Yachid, according to any Shita that would support the will, and there are some Shitas that Kenyan Varim works, Tzarechim. Anyway, the normal method is that uh, we write the Tzava as a Matana, that doesn't work for assets you acquire later, as per the Ramah. Therefore, Shilvu Menascheh Shtarit Tzavos, those who constructed language of Tzavos, they included, they incorporated Gamasei Karin Shal Shtar Chatzizachar, as we saw in the Ramah, he explains, the, he explains in detail, that you make a, a chov and a tnai, and uh, the chov is a large amount to the, to the benefit, designated beneficiaries, the mutav, he calls them, her, him, whoever it is, that, if, that, that you owe money to the beneficiary unless the, the Yarshim Shal Torah choose to honor your designation of what, they, what the beneficiary should receive, then they have a choice. They can either honor your, your tnai and give her what you want, give the beneficiary what you want, or they'll have to pay the chov, as we saw in the, in the Ramah. He discusses various aspects, various questions that arise based on this language. Then in Osdalid, he says, we're on page 117, in Osdalid he says, what about his chayvus levad? So originally they used to do Lashon Matana, either a simple Matana or Matana Mehiyomu Lachar and then they added in, they incorporated language of his chayvus, that I'm a chayv myself to the, to the beneficiary, unless, they, unless my Yarshim fulfill the Tanai and give her what I designate. Well, the says the Pisgah Choshen, Hayadai Bechelek Zelavad. The Hizchaivos, the Ramaz mechanism of Shtar Chatzizachar, would, would be sufficient on its own. You don't need the Lashon Matana anymore. Why bother with Matana? Just write Hizchaivos. If you want to give your daughter Chela Chatzizachar, just say, I hereby obligate myself to my daughter a million dollars unless my sons give her Chela Chatzizachar of what they're going to get of my estate. You don't have to have any Lashon Matana. Why can't you just do that? We can dispense with the whole, the, with the whole uh, paradigm of ordinary Kinyanim. Designate how much you want your beneficiaries to get. That's all you need. He then goes on for a while, bringing different acronym who, who, who give various explanations, a, a whole variety, a panoply of different explanations for why the Minig was to write both. Apparently, many of the Tavos actually include 
both languages. They include the language of ordinary Kenyan and the language of the Hizchaibas with the Tanai. So the Mechas Yitzchak and the many other Sfarim and the Sefer Shur Sadin and then, uh, and then other Sfarim, the Kuntras Dar Ladar. A variety of Sfarim have given a variety of reasons for why each, each language contributes something, the language of ordinary Kenyan and the language of Hizchaibas. I'll call upon him. He brings numerous different reasons. We're not going to get into the details. We'll skip to the end of his discussion on page 118. The second to last paragraph, he says, Even though some of the reasons are debatable, he says, with all these reasons together, why there is an advantage to not just doing a simple Hizchaibas and Tanai, or complicated Hizchaibas and Tanai, but to add language of Kenin as well. So because of all these various reasons, and also another consideration, he says, We, don't, we want the Tavah to be effective. We don't want it to just be a mechanism of, of Chov and, and Tanai. We want it to actually be a, a Matana as well. The addition of this complicated language of Hizchaibus and Tanai arose at a later period, he says, and they didn't want to dispense with the language of Kenyan, of, of simple Kenyan entirely. Therefore, those who constructed the language of Tavos typically incorporated and combined both languages, they wrote the star fundamentally, primarily as a simple star, manasbari, a gift with a Kenyan, ukashlama, and as and as uh, to and to complement that, to add to that, hosifu They also added the chelik ischayvus. Agav nirehi writes shebekuntras midar ladar in the kuntras midar ladar beemes samach beikar al chelik ischayvus. He seems to focus only on the ischayvus. V'lo isker klalnus of star manasbari. He talks. doesn't mention anything about a manasbari. He simply talks about the ischayvus. Ufasefer shur sadin heben shuta sefer the star manasbari. Sure, as he didn't understand, he was just writing an addendum. You write a of course, you write a matnas bari, and then you add a schaibus. But the, the simple reading of the kuntras midar ladar, the pitzchei suggests, is that the schaibus is all you need. In contemporary shtar chatzizachars, they vary. Some, a couple of the ones I've seen, some do include the language of Kenyan matnas, Kenyan and actual transfers. Some don't. Some have just a schaibus. As we've seen, there is no really absolutely essential and clear... We, we, we skipped that part of the Piscacotian, but as, as he says, there is no one single compelling reason why we absolutely have to have the language of Kenyan. Eschivus would seem to be sufficient, but uh, nevertheless, Postman gave a variety of reasons, and, and for tradition's sake, the, the Eschivus mechanism came later, and because of all these considerations, you know, the Piscacotian says that the dominant minhag was actually to write both languages of the a, a language of Kenyan and complemented by a language of Eschivus plus tonight. Amnam, an interesting point, he says in the very bottom of page 118, The language of the, of the Kuntras Midar Ladar is actually structured somewhat differently. In his language of Eschivus, he structures Eschivus very differently, somewhat differently from the traditional method. The traditional, most posts can use the language of the Nachla Shiva as the, of the traditional Shtar Chatzi Zachar, born in the Nachla Shiva, as the, the source of many languages of Shtaris that we have, that, that, and they use that as the basis for their, uh, their construction of, of modern wills. And Kishem Shem Shtar Chatzi Zachar Meschayev Labas, and the Kabbal Chelech Chatzi Zachar, Batla Eschayevus, that the Chov is to the beneficiary, to the Bas, and if the Yarshim give her the Chelech Chatzi Zachar, then the Eschayevus is cancelled. For all beneficiaries, the obligation, the chov, is to the beneficiaries. That's the traditional way to do things. You machayve yourself to the beneficiaries with a tanai that if the yarshim give the beneficiaries the designated amounts, portions, then the eschayvus is cancelled. 
That's the regular way to do it, the standard way to do it, traditional way to do it. The author of the Kuntras Midar Ladar has a novel mechanism, the obligation is to an executor, to a guardian, and he's going to be the one to distribute the estate. If the Yarshim choose to honor the will, if the, if the, if the Yarshim give the Mutavim, the beneficiaries, via the Apotropis, the designated amounts, then this Chayvas is Batal. So this Chayvas is to the Apotropis, to the executor. Why he does it this way, why he changed the traditional method. And uh, you can see additional things about uh, what, what arguments for or against doing this, uh, doing this type of arrangement. In the Sefer, in the countries Midar Ladar, he refers to the Shur Sadin, and so on. Then he goes on, he talks about other questions about the Edim and the language of the, of the Shtar Chatzi Zachar. We're going to skip that section. And then he goes on, and he, a section that's not even in the booklet, but beginning with Osvav, he talks about Bitl Vashini Hatzava, that we typically want the Tzava to be done in a way that, just like a regular will, a person retains the right to rewrite his will, to change his mind. So the, the early posts can discuss, the, again, historically, the Shtar Chatzi Zachar was given as a dowry. And a person often explicitly committed, as a promise to his daughter and son-in-law, that he's not going to change his mind. He committed himself to abide by the Shtar Chatzizachar. It was meant to be an irrevocable gift in the form of a dowry to the, to the couple, to the daughter. We today, when we write a will, we typically don't want that. We typically want the, the, the person writing the will typically wants the flexibility. He, he's not committing himself to anything. He wants the right to change his mind. And we typically structure our Chatzizachars, our, our wills, our, with... with Using this mechanism of Chatzi Zachar with his Chayvas and Tanai, we typically structure them in a way that he, that he explicitly retains the right to be Choser. Pitzchakoshim goes on in Ozvav, in the part that we don't have mostly in the booklet, discussing what the rules of Chazara are. But again, we typically structure our Shtar Chatzi Zachars, our, our wills, using the mechanism of the Shtar Chatzi Zachar, explicitly retaining the right for, the, for the, the writer of the will to be able to change his mind and to, uh, and to re- re- reallocate, redistribute his assets as he chooses at any point in his life.